Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Across Cork City and County, this is Cork Today on C103. And uh, Peter Dowdell of the theirishgardener.com joining us. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very well. And you were missed the last two weeks, I can tell you. Every yeah. Wednesday I had people, well, is Peter on? Well, is Peter on? So it's, yeah. good, it's good to have you back. Lots of people have questions. Let's get straight in. Good to be Sarah back. Sarah in Carrigaline has emailed uh, the programme to say, uh, Patricia, uh, Peter, firstly, many thanks for all your excellent answers. Now, Sarah's questions. I have two red robins, seven feet high. They're in 50 litre pots. How will I know when they need repotting to larger pots? They have to stay in pots. When is the best time to do this? And any tips for doing it effectively? Okay, well, well, Sarah, first of all, you're very welcome and flattery will always get you everywhere. So <laughs> with the, with the, when you have um, red, red robins growing in a pot, they will grow fine in pots long term. But you'll kind of know when they need repotting because they look hungry. If you, 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 uh, it's a vague answer, but to say that you, you'll know it when it happens because they look sparse. They'll probably start dropping a lot of the leaves um, where they should be a good, thick, dense evergreen with lots of red foliage. They look sparse. They, they become see-through. They'll start dropping leaves and at that stage uh, it's time to repot them now with good pruning so in other words prune them let's say end of February and probably again kind of around this time of the year um, that'll keep them good and bushy to a degree and feeding them with something like the nature safe liquid seaweed will will keep them good in a pot Um, but even with all that they will get to the point where they need repotting and that's when your pruning and feeding and everything won't thicken them up that's when they need to be repotted Uh, did she say what size they are now I know she said a 50 litre pot seven feet high at the moment I'd say they're probably near enough to being at the stage of, of needing repotting. Um, and I, how to do it, it's very, very simple. You just knock the pot off it, which, which you know, okay, seven feet in a 50-litre pot, there'll be a bit of weight in it. 
if you want somebody strong or two people to do it, uh, just kind of lift the plant up into the air as much as you can and knock the pot off it. Might need a shovel or a spade or even a little hammer just to get it off. Uh, presuming it's a plastic pot, um, and then in, I would put it into a pot ideally twice the size, twice the diameter, and twice the volume of what it's in. Um, gently tease the root ball if you like, because the, the roots will be, be at this or when it needs repotting, the boots the roots will be going around in circles. So you want to tease those root the, the extremities of the roots so that they make good contact with new compost quickly and then you just put in let's say fill the new pot about a third with fresh compost put in the red robin and fill up around the sides make sure you're firming it in make sure you get as much compost in there as possible um, and then it's just a question of watering and feeding and uh, they'll get to a point of course where you can't go bigger on the pots uh, and that's when the, the feeding and pruning really becomes important. Okay. Hi, Peter. This is somebody by WhatsApp who sent in pictures, which we were then able to forward on to Peter. Can you please help identify an apple tree, which I have in my garden? It produces cooking apples, which then turn yellow and sweet when ripe. Looking it up online, I think it might be a grenadier. Could you advise repruning some pictures attached? And there are pictures and it is green and then it looks like suddenly it's gone yellow. Well, it is um, it is possibly grenadier, and with the wonders, of course, of modern communication, Trish, I saw that message uh, JP sent it to me. I would say about six minutes ago, and it's now those pictures have now been seen by over seventeen thousand people <laughs> because I put it up on my I put it up on my own Facebook page looking for suggestions to see because I'm not certain that it's grenadier, and it's always hard to tell. But I think it probably is because grenadier can nearly do as a, as an eater. It can be so such a sweet cooker, uh, and but it just looks that bit grenadier. If anybody wants to have a look at my the pictures are on my, my Facebook page, Irish Gardener, and you'll see what I mean. It looks quite quite a long apple, where grenadiers tend to be that bit more round and plump. Um, but but from the description of the flavour and the colour, I would say, it, I'm going to go probably, I'm certainly not going to say definitely. Okay. <laughs> but in and terms of pruning, pruning, in terms of pruning, yeah, November is the, the time to do it with all apple trees. So she doesn't say whether it's a mature one. I'm guessing it's quite mature. And she doesn't say whether it's been pruned recently or not. So I'm guessing that it hasn't, uh, the fact that she's looking for advice on it. So what you're doing then is you're you're doing what's called restorative pruning, Trish. Um, which means it's kind of as it sounds you're trying to restore or rejuvenate the tree which means removing a lot of the older growth a lot of the older wood now if it's very old and hasn't been pruned in years you you certainly wouldn't go too severe in it in in one go you might remove let's say a third or maybe as much as a half of the older growth growth uh, this november and then follow up next year removing the other half or the other two-thirds um and really what you're trying to do is create a good open centre to the tree to allow good air circulation through it, which will hopefully prevent a lot of the fungal infections that would affect apples like scab and things like that getting in there. Um, so a good open centre, remove a lot of the older growth, remove uh, any crossing branches, because when they rub together, that's perfect place for number one, poor air circulation. But number two, uh, when they when they rub together, the, you're, you're creating wounds on the branches and infection will get in there as well. So you want no crossing branches, a good open centre to remove a lot of the the, the the older wood, any dead wood, obviously, or disease material, get rid of as well. You wouldn't worry too much about going into the technicalities now of looking for the fruiting spurs and how to, to retain them. You'd be looking more at that next year and the year after. Okay, and another picture came in with a question from a listener saying, my glasshouse tomato plants are still flowering. Should I stop the growth? They also seem to have been infested with some kind of an aphid. I have tried spraying them with the garlic, but with no improvement. Pictures were attached, which I think were sent on to you. 
Okay, no, I didn't quite see them, but with with the tomato greenhouse tomato plants, yeah, at, we're coming into October. We are in October, and no, it's tomorrow. We're coming into October, so I think I would stop the growth at this stage. Certainly, uh, you want the growth now, and any more vigor that's com- going to come into the plant, you want that to go into the existing fruits and to ripen them. Um, so yes to that part. In terms of the aphids, if the, the garlic wash works very, very well as a preventative, it doesn't always work that well when there is an infestation already. So I would say the best thing to do at this stage is remove a lot of the foliage um, and hopefully a lot of the aphids will go with it. If they're in a glass house, keep, keep it well ventilated. And even if you can see aphids, um, just try getting them physically removing them with a spray of water uh, I, and I certainly wouldn't be putting any chemicals on because because um, obviously you're going to be yeah, eating it yeah, yeah 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 and then Anne in West Cork just Peter his advice please the best hedging for an exposed windy area a beech or a grisselinia and I'm going to plant it bare root I would go neither of those actually for an exposed windy area. Well, of the two, uh, beach is my my, my favourite hedge. Probably I love the beach hedge. I love the the winter look of the beach. But but it wouldn't be great. It's not the best for an exposed area. Grisselinia would certainly be better of those two. But my my choice for uh, of the best hedge for an exposed area is, is one called Aliagnus. Uh, a bit of a mouthful of a name, but it makes a lovely hedge. Aliagnus abingii. It's a kind of grey leafed, grey green leafed, very very silver new growth. It's a it's a stunning looking hedge. Flowers too around this time of the year you don't really notice the flowers but you do get the scent from them but you don't really see them uh, but they're good for the pollinators and the bees at this time of the year as well but it's it's i've planted that in many many gardens that are you know really exposed to, to the atlantic and it, it does well so best choice i think for an exposed area would be the aliagnus okay hi peter how soon should <clears throat> you start to cut the grass on a new lawn it's patchy but it is growing also what is the best plant for boundary i like copper and green beech, but do they lose their leaves in the winter months thanking you Dealing with the lawn first, you kind of go with your gut on that one as opposed to the textbook answer. So if you th- kind of if you think it's long enough and you think it needs cutting, I'd get out there and cut it. You're certainly not going to do any harm really by cutting it too early. If you cut it a bit too early, well, firstly the the the, the grass the, the lawnmower the, the grass won't be high enough, so the lawnmower won't do anything to it. You might just end up sucking up some of the seed into the machine if you do it too early. But I wouldn't worry too much about it. So if you think it needs it, I would do it. You would normally say if you sowed it in August September, you'd say about four weeks after sowing, maybe five weeks. It would be the first cut uh, so that might help um, in terms of boundary planting I just said it beach copper and green beach probably Same my favourite hedge yeah. of all yeah yeah um, I love it they, it they don't lose their leaves over the winter now they might in their first year and even their second year but when it knits together as a hedge they don't lose them but they go brown so you have that lovely rusty uh coppery brown look during the winter which as I say I love because I think it's very very seasonal and then the beautiful new lime green spring growth comes and pushes it off in March and April and you know it's it's really I think it's a lovely hedge because it changes with the seasons but it's not to everybody's it's not to everybody's um, taste uh, and it's not it's not to 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 uh to the taste of at home when the leaves when mm-hmm. they do fall off in the spring and they blow in the front door I'm in trouble every year but uh, but but I still love it I put up with the trouble um, but yeah I would go with it as a hedge I think it's lovely Joan in Mill Street question for Peter please what is the best thing to do with dead leaves dead flowers sorry on a hydrangea. Uh, I would be, phew, there's two schools of thought in it Trish you can leave the hydrangea completely alone until next spring and cut it back let's say towards the end of February removing dead flowers and, and pruning it back at that stage and the, the, the reason for leaving everything on it is 
that it protects the the inside of the plant if you like it they act like a bit of a blanket or a duvet protecting the plant the the, the inside of the plant from any frost damage so the frost and any snow that we get will 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 stay on the outside of the plant and not go into the inside that's why you would leave it till till the end of february if you're brave and if you think we're not going to get severe winter you could do it now um i certainly wouldn't prune it now but you could deadhead it now and remove the dead flowers now so it, it, again it's kind of up to yourself some people myself included quite like the look of the the dead hydrangea flowers again because I think it's quite a nice winter look but it, it's a personal one yeah and similar with Jar uh, wants to know about the gladiolas they finished flowering what to do with them please when when they finish flowering uh, it's very same as the daffodils really you could remove the flower first if you want but certainly leave the foliage so let the let the leaves turn brown and let all the goodness go back into the the bulb which is the food reserve for next year so let them go brown uh, and die off then cut them to ground level um, and then you can either leave the bulbs in the ground or I suppose the textbook advice would be to take the bulbs out and plant them out again next February. OK, all right, we'll leave it there. Listen, thank you for that, uh, Peter. Have a good week. We'll talk next week. And you, Trish. Thanks, Thanks a million. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.